Hey, you are listening to the But Also Podcast, where I, Lydia Zipporah, take you on a bit of a journey through the insane epic that is the Bible, from my perspective, of course. But also, we'll chat a bit about life and have an existential crisis or two. It'll be great. She'll be fun. Let's jump on in. Today, as we ride the wave of Holy Week, we're going to talk about my newest favorite Bible story and how Jesus' messy mama would kick off the montage of miracles on his journey to the cross. But also, we'll chat about how Lydia is doing during this pandemic because she has both struggled and thrived, and it's definitely not an equal measure. (laughs) Well, lovely humans, it's a podcast. Uh... I'm stressed out, not gonna lie, but I'm very excited uh, and she's gonna be fun. So since we're here for the first time, I guess I should introduce myself before we hop into today's story. Uh, My name is Lydia Zipporah. I do have a last name, just prefer the first two. Uh, I don't know what to tell you that I do with my life because I don't feel that I do enough of any of those things at the moment to identify as any of them. So some important highlights. I am currently living in Richmond, Virginia. I recently went from a 1 to an 8 by like 2% on the Enneagram, which is throwing me for a loop. I'm having a crisis. Um, I'm a big fan of iced caramel oat milk lattes. Gosh, I miss coffee shops. Um, Cucumbers are my favorite vegetable. And Julie Andrews can do no wrong. At me. Okay, cool. Great. That's done. All right, let's jump in to this story. So, we are coming to the close of the Lenten season. And for those of you who don't know, We don't have time for a whole backstory on Lent, but in short, Lent is a 40-day period that is set aside to reflect, fast, and pray leading up to Easter. Ironically, it usually starts the day after Fat Tuesday. (laughs) Anyways, so 40 days uh, because that's how long Jesus was in the desert before he began his ministry. Anywho, as you do during Lent, I started my trek through the Gospels, the Gospels being the four books of the Bible that tell the story of Jesus. Um, in the book of John, and boy was I amused this time around. So all of this starts at a wedding. So generally speaking, it's pretty wide known that Jesus turned water to wine. Christian, atheist, Scientologist, we all know about it because, you know, alcoholism. Anyways, so Jesus is at this wedding in this place called Cana in Galilee. Jesus is from Galilee, so this is homey, this is familiar. Jesus is at the wedding with the disciples. In my mind, Jesus is an introvert. We'll talk about that another day. Uh, So I imagine he's kind of standing on the wall with the disciples, lightly chatting it up, but not doing the most. You know, minding his business. Um, But his mama is also at this wedding. Yes, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, you would think that if anyone could escape the drama, the dramatics of family, it would be Jesus, right? No. So Mary, the mother of Jesus, saunters over and is like, baby, they don't have no wine. Now, this statement is more significant than you would think at face value. Uh, Just like now, weddings are very important, but they were important to the status of a family. So it was the husband's responsibility and the husband's family responsibility to make sure that everything went off without a hitch. And something like running out of wine definitely would have brought shame on the family. So Mary goes over to her son and is like, baby, they don't got no wine. Now, Jesus' response made me cackle. Maybe not cackle, but you know, the little <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, Jesus' response to his mom was the most like adult child 
to parent response and I like felt it in my kidneys um Jesus's response to his mother was what does that have to do with me like I really be grateful to have Jesus as my advocate because God be like didn't I tell them to respect their parents and Jesus be like I mean hold up like I've been down there and they be tripping sometimes give them some grace father thank you Jesus but anyway Jesus says what does that have to do with me my time has not yet come. Now, that last part is important, but we'll come back to that. Mary looks at the servant, looks at Jesus, looks at the office camera over on stage right, looks back at the servant and tells them, do whatever Jesus tells you. Now, I imagine that Jesus is just like, what? Like, didn't I just, you know how it'd be. We've, we've all been there. You know, when you have a parent or guardian that asks you to do something, you'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. And then they'd be like, they just volunteer you anyway. It's like, didn't we just have a whole conversation about how that ain't had nothing to do with me? So, as we all know, Jesus proceeds to turn the water to wine. Um, But what really interested me about this whole ordeal was, one, it kind of put me in a mind frame that was like, yo, Jesus is, you know, Jesus is just human, man. Jesus is just out here just trying to mind his business. And can't even escape the things that are like, you would think would be beyond Jesus. But no, Jesus also has to follow instruction. So you can imagine my amusement at realizing that Jesus' first and one of his most well-known miracles was a result of his mother minding other people's business and him being a good son. Now, I've read this story before and have notes in my Bible and journals about this being a show of quiet obedience and Jesus caring about how we are perceived, which is all also true, hence the magic of the Bible. But sometimes I think we miss seeing ourselves in Jesus and all of his grandeur. And this kind of opened my eyes to a slightly different narrative as I continued through the book of John that kind of tickled me. So after this first miracle, he leaves with the disciples and his family and stays with them for a few days before heading to Jerusalem for the Passover. Now, while in Jerusalem, he gets a little angry, flips some tables, but he hits them with the forgotten of the world, and the disciples are out in the countryside baptizing people, and they're like, yay, Jesus. But Jesus got a whiff that the word was spreading about his impact and decided to head back home. He chats with the woman at the well on his way there, but doesn't stay home long because he gets there and they're like, oh, you think you're cute now? Oh, you know, you're just Joseph's son. You're doing the most. And he was like, all right, I'm not about to waste my time here because Jesus is clear. He's like a prophet has no honor in his own home. I'm not about to waste my time. Because, you know, how when you like leave a place, like leave home and become a better person and you come back and everybody think you're the same person. Jesus was like, I'm not about to waste my time. However. At this moment, I recognized a pattern. I vividly remember that while I was reading this verse in John 4, 4, 3, where it says, after two days he departed, in my mind, I saw SpongeBob lifting himself out of his chair and hearing, all right, I'm going to head out in my head. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. So I continued through the accounts of his miracles and I kept seeing it. Every time I saw it, I would jot it down in the notes on my Bible. And so I continued through the accounts of his miracles and teaching and noticed there are just so many times Jesus acts and then dips. After he feeds the 5,000, he's like, oh, wait, stay about to try and make me king. I'm head out. I flipped through the previous gospels and 
There are times when Jesus doesn't just leave, but is actually telling people to be quiet about what they saw. Jesus cleanses the leper and tells him to say nothing, but to show himself to the priest. But here goes our friend walking in the streets, telling people, Jesus healed me all. To the point where Jesus could no longer go into cities, but had to stay on the outskirts. He heals the dead girl and tells them to tell no one. He heals the deaf man and tells him to be quiet. But does he? Of course not. Jesus was even out here telling the demons, y'all. He was telling the demons that he encountered in the possessed to hush because they would recognize him and acknowledge him for who he is. And he's like, oh, I'm going to need y'all to be quiet because y'all about to rat me out. And then I remembered what Jesus said to his mother in John. He said when prompted to act in his divine power for something that he was like, really? He said to his mom, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. The realization just smacked me in the face that every miracle Jesus performed would bring him closer to death. With every miracle, word, hope, and fear would spread like wildfire. And I had to ask myself, was Jesus trying to put off his death? Now, Jesus was perfect, clear on his task and without fear, but he was still human. Was he putting off the pain he knew he would endure? Was he hoping to spend a few more days with his friends? More time to teach and heal and love? And maybe Jesus was just like, I really just don't feel like dying right now. You know, let's just let's just put it off for a little bit longer. Um, cause you know, he's Jesus. So he, he knew what he was in for. He knew the pain that was coming. And, um, I just find it really interesting that Jesus's miracles, these marvelous, wonderful things that we've watched him do and the things that he said, his wisdom and his teachings are bookended by these two shows, I think of extreme vulnerability, um, and humanity um we start at the wedding with him like we don't think often think about jesus um as a dude with a family and a mom and siblings um personally i think i would have been salty if i was jesus's sibling and i wasn't a disciple um but also you do find moments um during his journey where his family is like what are you doing um so family dynamics i'm sure were really interesting but we start at the top with him at a wedding, just a, such a human thing to do. And we find at the end, after he's done all these marvelous things um, and taught all these wonderful things, we find him in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus, I think this is probably his largest show of humanity, um, where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane with his friends. He's there with Peter and James and John. And he knows that he is moments away from being betrayed by someone that he loved and that he cared for. Um, and he tells his friends that he's sorrowful and that his soul is sorrowful even to the point of death. And he goes and he prays and he says, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Jesus is like, I don't want to die if I don't have to. <laughs> um, and But he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And that's the difference between our humanity and Jesus. Um, and there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him and being in agony. He prayed more earnestly. Yeah, Jesus was going through. And it says his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. 
And so I just think it's really interesting that the wonder that follows your thoughts when you think about Jesus Christ, when arranged in this book, are bookended by these shows of humanity. And I think it's a wonderful way for us to to connect, to enter um, into looking at Jesus a bit differently. So I encourage you to, in your own personal Bible study, to really look at characters. Um, I oftentimes will start, when I start a new book of the Bible, I'll start a character study on who, who I'm the author. Because I always think that that's a really interesting place to start. And it helps you to really access um, the Bible in a different way. So there we have it. The tale of Jesus and his mama and how his obedience would start a chain reaction that would lead him to the cross. Friends, how are you guys during quarantine? I wish you were here to talk to me. I'm just sitting here talking to my empty room. Guys, Lydia has, um, she's been struggling. I will say that first week of quarantine was probably the best. Like I was just, like outside and getting some cardio, doing some plies, a little stretchy stretch, reading books, reading Bibles, just living my best life. And then y'all, it just all went downhill. There's something about being at home where you just kind of sit in your own head and, um, I really like experienced a surge in just old insecurity and old dumb crap that I was like, really? This is this is what we're doing? Alright, cool. So it's been a little a little groggy. However, this podcast has definitely given me something to do. Um I have no way to tie this back, guys. This is a podcast. It happened. I don't know how I feel about this. Any feedback you guys can can give me would be wonderful. We're going to play this by ear. Um, I'm stressed out about it. I've started a couple things. A lot of you will probably know. I've started some things that I haven't exactly finished. But feel a little differently about this one. I think it matters a little bit more. So I'm a little bit anxious about it. Um, but I love you guys. Uh, this is our first episode. If there's anything that you guys want me to talk about. Be sure to let me know on Facebook or Instagram. Um, I'll try to put some kind of link somewhere for you guys to click on. You can follow at But Also Podcast on all the things. Um, yeah, happy Monday. Um, let's, let's all do better and be great and live our best lives. Um, and I love you. Bye.